we are back for day two. So excited to hop into the second part of our five-part mini-series talking about reigniting wonder. We had so much fun talking about Advent yesterday. And if you haven't had a chance, we recommend going back and watching or listening to it mm-hmm. as it's short and it's packed with a lot of amazing wisdom. Today, we're talking about all about joy, how joy is a gift how it's a weapon, and how it is a person, his name is Jesus. So to kick us off, we're going to read a verse, and we'll hop on into all the good things we have for today. I love it. Yeah, this scripture is from Psalm 1611, and I love this entire psalm. Actually, I'm just reminded at the beginning of it, it talks about how um, the boundary lines that God has set for us fall on pleasant places. And just the reality that we have different capacities in our lives and different boundary lines. We can look right and left, and we have so many unique pathways in our lives. And yet this says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And I'm just so struck by that because, like I said at the beginning, it really addresses comparison to a certain extent, that we can have different capacities, different boundary lines. You can look right and left and be like, oh my gosh, she can handle so much or is doing so much or her life looks so incredible or he has this going for him. But the reality is is that our joy does not come from our circumstances, that our joy comes from the presence of God, from um, his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. There are things that God wants to offer us, but more than anything, it's his presence. I remember a mentor of mine in college saying, are you seeking his hands or his face? So and how often there are things I want from God more than I actually want God himself. And so, um, yeah, so we're going to dive in yeah. and talk about joy. And real quick with this verse, what really fascinates me is, as we learned yesterday, God is God Emmanuel. He's yeah. always with us. He's never once not been at our side. And so when this verse says that in your presence, being God's presence, there's fullness of joy, it means that we always have access to joy. Yes. He is always with us. Yes. So it's fascinating to think that at any point, regardless of the world, your emotional mm-hmm. state, mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. happening in your life, circumstances, you can always experience and choose joy. Yeah. And so Emily and I had a phone call a while back and she was going on a rant, as she often does, about things that God's teaching her. And she's talking about joy. So today we're going to have her share kind of these fresh takeaways she's been having with Jesus about this. Because I think joy is something that I might take for granted sometimes as I'm more so lean towards being a happy, optimistic person. But then when it's not there, I feel almost like I can't choose into it. Like because I'm more so bent to be happy, when I'm not happy, I'm like, well, I can't, I won't feel joy today. I'm just in a bad mood or hard things happen. But Mm. that's not how God intended joy to be. Well, I think you made a really good point because I don't know if you even recognize this, but you just switched and you started talking about circumstances and you said the word happy. And I think that's where we often get a little bit tangled is the fact that we collate the word joy with happiness. And happiness is very much dependent on our circumstances. Yeah. And so think about, I mean, you could even be in happy circumstances though and not necessarily be happy because there is a sense of what is going on in your sort of internal landscape of your life or the background of your life. I mean, you could enter into a party but I've just come from a really difficult situation or an argument with a loved one or something else and not actually experience the happiness of that circumstance. It's even the case during my engagement recently, right? Calling and I'm like, I should be so happy right now. Everything is going so well, but I had an insecurity or a lie or a doubt in my head that was making me be derailed from what's actually right ahead of me. And truly, yeah. But it's so frustrating. I should be Mm -hmm. so happy, Mm -hmm. but something is off in my soul right now where I can't choose that to be 
I choose to be happy in that moment. I think that's so true. And so what we have to recognize too and remember that in the midst of all of this, we're talking about the presence of God, the fullness of joy that's in the presence of God. But the reality also that we have to remember is that there is an enemy. And the enemy is literally hell-bent on robbing us, right? And says in John 10, 10, that the, the, that the Lord Jesus came, that the shepherd came to give us the, the fullness of life, abundant life. And yet the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. And so he wants to steal our um, our hope and he wants to thwart our joy and he wants to entirely just demolish our peace. And mm-hmm. the best way that he does that is with discouragement. So if to encourage is to put cor- courage in, right? And, and core, C-O-U-R, the, the, the root word of that is heart. It's to hearten mm-hmm. someone. You want to have cool. the fullness of heart. And oh my gosh, I, I'm like, all these things are coming to mind right now. But even if you look at, so listen to this later, but the Bible Project has a great video. It's one of my favorite ones and it's on heart, Lev, L-E-V. And it talks about the Hebrew understanding of the heart. And this is pre-Cortesian split when we start thinking about the brain and the heart being separate. And at that point in time, they really had this understanding that the heart was the seat of all will, intellect, emotion, and spirit. And so to encourage was to actually be wholehearted, that our spirit and our emotions and our will and our intellect would all be in line with one another, and ultimately that our spirit would lead. And so in that wow. sense, what the, blowing up right now a little yeah, <laughs> and, and what the enemy wants to do is he wants to cause us to be brokenhearted, right? This is where God Whoa. says he came to, to heal the brokenhearted when we become splintered from ourselves, where our intellect, we say, oh, well, I'm really intellectual. I'm given, you know, and, and essentially I'm saying I'm given to unbelief. I'm pretty sure God is way smarter than me and that doesn't seem to affect his faith. And so, so in fact, our intellect needs to come under the, the wisdom of God and our emotions need to be, um, they, they are beautiful indicators. They tell us so many things, but they even need to be surrendered to the reality of God and our, um, and our will needs to be aligned with the will of God. And so when all of those things come together, God makes us wholehearted. He encourages us. And so, of course, the enemy would want to mm. discourage us. And what he wants to do so much so is rob our joy, cause us to lose faith in the God who is joy, who is with us, to cause mm. us to forget that God is actually near and present and available. And he shifts our eyes to be so focused on our circumstances. And we begin to let our circumstances dictate who God is. And we let our circumstances dictate who we are. And therefore, we we have our faith begin to diminish. Our awareness of God's presence begin to diminish and we become disheartened. We become sad and discouraged. Now there's a reality here too where where there are just trials and really difficult, very sad things in life. And I think about losing a baby. I think about losing a loved one. I think about um, even just this last year when relationships were so strained by way of how we were all seeing the world so differently from our own little echo chambers. And, and there was so much pain and there was a lot of disheartening that happened. And I think the beauty of our God is the fact that he can enter into lament with us. And there's a joy even in that place because joy is not this happy, bubbly, surfacey thing. Joy is this deep sense of, I am not alone. And even in the midst of this mm. lament, there is one who is with me and that can actually bring forth joy even out of those places of such trial. And wow. I think that's what brings me joy. It's like, man, I'm not alone. 
And there's a God who knows persecution and who knows trial and who knows loss and who knows difficulty and who knows um, unjust accusation and who knows death and abuse. And I mean, he know he firsthand, not just knows as in his brain it knows, but has physically experienced yada, right? The, the experience of all of this, he knows it intimately and has come to be with me and to walk me right out of those places. Um, that is where joy is our strength. And so I think about how this last year, the Lord was revealing so much to me that when I surrendered to discouragement, not sadness, sadness is a God emotion. We don't like it. It's an uncomfortable emotion. And, and even anger is a God emotion. I'm angry because something I love is being violated, you know, or someone I love is being thwarted. And so, so anger and sadness, these are God emotions. And, and the question is not whether or not I should be experiencing them if I'm a Christian, quote unquote. I think mm. about sometimes in my life, I'm like, but I'm a Christian, I should be happy. And that is not the truth, in fact. Um, if you're out there and you're thinking that, that you have had that belief beforehand, I have too. I'm like, if I know the Holy Spirit, then I shouldn't ever be sad or angry or yeah. feeling stuck. It's no. like, I should be able to overcome all of these things. That is definitely... Yeah not the case. And no. I'm still learning that today in my Truly. own life. So you're not alone if you're also in that same boat. Oh, absolutely. And I think there became such freedom when I recognized, because I think scripture has been weaponized in some places and in some spaces. And, um, and, but when I read it in the context, right, scripture has to interpret scripture, like the co- context is king. And so when I look at what um, in James, you know, Jesus' own brother says, when he says, rejoice in trials of many kinds, because because they produce perseverance and hope and wholeness and maturity. And there's a sense of, of when we are experiencing, you know, sad things, trial, (laughs) trials of many kinds, I can say, God, what do you want to teach me in this? You're going to reveal me more of your heart, more of your presence. Maturity will come. Empathy will come so that when others are walking through these things, I actually have something to offer. There's a deep joy because joy is so aligned with purpose. And there's, there's purpose in these things. They are producing something in me and there's someone with me and his name is joy. And so I think, I mean, I think Jesus is entirely hilarious. He has a great sense of humor and is, you know, full of laughter and delight in all sorts of things, but also has great depth and capacity for lament and sadness, but will walk us, you know, rightfully out of those things in their due time and produce joy. I, I remember being in the midst of um, a miscarriage years ago. And I mean, literally was in that in-between time of finding out that there was no heartbeat. And yet this little one had not passed. And I had yet to go into surgery for a DNC. And I was just bleeding constantly. I'll say that much, just cramping uncontrolled, but it was really painful and deeply sad. And there were moments I literally could not stop crying. I didn't know how to stop crying. And in the midst of that time, in that two week period between, I, um, my husband and I went to a wedding. We went down to Santa Barbara for a dear young couple that we adore. And, and it was such an interesting time because I remember going to the rehearsal dinner and there was such, I mean, this family is just hilarious. There was so much laughter and dancing and felt the Lord really give me this release of joy that I could be in the midst of what was personally a very, very painful season. And I didn't know how it would go. And it was a little bit scary in many ways, physically and otherwise. And in the midst of that was at this beautiful celebration of two young people becoming one who we just adored. And I remember the mother of the groom coming up to me in the middle of the celebration and saying, Emily, you know, it's, it's okay to be sad. 
Like she was giving me permission in that moment. And I said, you know, I'm so grateful that you acknowledge that. But right now, like I, I have total permission to be joyful. And I just remember that scripture mm. that says like there is a time to, to weep, a, more, to, a time to mourn and a time to dance. And even in the midst of my mourning, the Lord gave me this sense of joy and delight that there was so much more to the landscape of the world than just my own suffering. And I think that's where it's so beautiful to be able to be in community with others and that you can be in the midst of a trialsome place and yet someone else could be in the midst of such joy and overcoming and I need to lean in because I need that for the hope right? The hope that Mm. this too shall pass and that joy is coming, that joy is with me and that I don't have to be totally buried by my current circumstances. And so, yeah, I say that to say that there are very trialsome circumstances, but then there's also what you talked about of just straight up lies, right? What I was experiencing that season was a legitimate, um, trial, you know, great lament and things, but then there are, are also, just straight up lies, Mm -hmm. you know, where you're going about your day and the enemy just straight lies to you. You're not enough. You're not like her. You can't do this. You don't have the strength to do it. And I think in those circumstances, we so need to lean into the one who is joy and, um, and to choose to laugh, honestly, to laugh at the liar and be like, hell no, mm -mm, you do not get your way today. This is not true. God, what is it that you want me to know? Um, to actually not resist things that cause laughter. I think laughter is great medicine. I have a dear friend who walked through a really intense season where she was dealing with an autoimmune disorder and um, she was doing some functional health, you know, coaching and some different, a lot of different things in that season. But one of the things that they literally like, well, there was diagnosis, but what they um, remedied when you prescribed, right, Mm -hmm. was to listen to a half an hour of comedy every day. What? They're like, it is really important for you to laugh because it actually does something in your, in your body, in your, like physiologically laughter and um, humor. It, it just does something to you that is so important and you need things to be realigned. So what you're saying is that maybe TikToks and reels are okay. <laughs> Sometimes, yes. <laughs> I think they did say clean and not in any way demeaning of humanity. Okay. Right? So, um, so yes, I mean, there's, there's a time when laughter, like when you just need to share the memes and do the things and just let yourself laugh because you have have you ever been in a moment where you almost didn't want to you didn't want to do the silly thing like there's days where I just feel angry and sad and mad and my kids aren't doing what I want them to do and they're like full of laughter and their laughter actually makes me frustrated because I think they should be taking things more seriously and they're not obeying and sometimes I just have to give up my pride and put on the ridiculous rap song or whatever it is and just dance and let my body work it out um, mm. through laughter and dance and silliness and actually act in the opposite spirit of the discouragement of the enemy. Because he wants to discourage me, there's a spirit of discouragement. So what does it look like to operate in the opposite spirit and let Jesus lead me into joy? Yeah. This is all so good. <laughs> so I just kind of went off there. Which is why friends, like I said, like she says, she goes on these rants sometimes. <laughs> I don't think rant's the right word. Mm. Maybe like waterfall of wisdom. No, something more like More just my... <laughs> My lived experience. Oh, goodness. It's so good. But I think what I'm hearing in this is, one, I'm still stuck on the idea that sadness and anger are God emotions and discouragement is of the enemy. That, to me, makes so much sense because I felt really discouraged in the last couple of weeks and I I can see how that's totally the enemy. Like, once you feel discouraged, you kind of lose your desire to fight. You lose your desire to get in the ring. You lose your desire to believe the truth. Yeah. And you don't really smile that much because you feel like you just are worth nothing, really. And... But what I'm reminded of in all of this is what you mentioned kind of in yesterday's episode about how Jesus came to tell us about a new kingdom. 
yeah. a different kingdom. Yeah. And what you're describing is a way that lives not of the world. Yes. Like it makes no sense from the outside to have joy at a wedding when you just had a miscarriage and are still carrying this unborn baby inside of you. Yeah. Joy makes no sense when you go through a hard season and yet you can have this ability to see the silver lining in it and to see God working around it. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense from the outside. Yeah, that's why God's given us a weapon of joy and the yeah. gift of joy and joy through his presence being a person yeah. because we have access to living life in a different kingdom. Yeah. And I think in the last year with COVID, we've forgotten that at times. I think we've forgotten there is a different narrative happening despite all the massive things happening in our world, yeah. which is why we want to do a legacy conference and focus on the idea that there is a kingdom that is coming. Yeah. That is so much and greater. That is here. That is here now. That is here. Like we're meant to bring forth this kingdom and it's it's in us and it's around us and it's a hand. I mean, all the paradoxes of the king. I mean, Jesus talks about the kingdom more than anything else. Yeah, which is crazy. I remember we had that prayer cohort a couple years ago with some dear friends of ours, Jamie and Donna Winship, and they drew a circle. Yes. In a circle, they wrote down all the fruit of the spirit. And they said, yeah. you have access to live in this kingdom every day of your life. Yeah. Oftentimes you live outside of this circle. So friends, every day we can have live fully in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, self-control. We have access to all of that stuff, which is mind blowing Mm -hmm. if we choose to step into that space or not. And it all flows out of a relationship. Yeah. It's not that we like white knuckle it and, you know, figure it out and like, Oh, it will just be more peaceful. You know, it's, it's a sense of really listening and, and being in tune with the voice um, of the one who is here and with us and, and honoring and recognizing the fact that it's just, it's not all rainbow and roses either. I mean, no. we live in a world that is dominated by the prince of this air, the enemy, and yet we are citizens of a different kingdom, an invisible kingdom that has invaded this space, right? And, um, and that we're meant to bring forth that in this life. One of my favorite hymns, it talks about, um, it says, joy and sorrow deeply mingled this, the glory of the cross, that there is hmm. such... There's joy and sorrow deeply mingled, this paradox of God. And um, he's just so good. And that's the wonder of Christmas. Yeah. It's all became possible because of a baby in a manger. Mm-hmm. Tucked away yeah. with the Virgin Mary and her un- unwed husband. Or unwed know, right? boyfriend, boyfriend, fiance, betrothed man. <laughs> Truly. Oh my it's goodness. It's just mind-blowing. So, I remember I was at a house concert with Brandon Heath years ago. And I don't know if he ever released this song, but he sang this beautiful song. And it was so poetic. But there was this image of like father, son, spirit, like peeking out over the edge of heaven. You know, all this is just imagery, right? This is not, I mean, heaven is not a place or spirit. I don't understand it all, but peeking out over the edge of heaven and the idea that Jesus, like there was this nod from the father and this, you know, and, and the spirit just going with him, like climbing inside and Jesus like dove out of the edge of heaven and into flesh and inside a woman's womb and just became like a seed. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that the God of the universe like peered out over the edge of heaven, dove into our midst as a vulnerable, tiny little baby and grew in the same way that we grow in wisdom and in stature and in physicality and went through puberty and all the things. I mean, it's just... His voice would have dropped. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's scandalous, this idea that this is our God and yet... um, yeah, he's so gloriously good. I think so. with that too, the image that came to mind, the idea of diving from heaven, to me, can also feel like childlike, like a kid diving off of a pool, like a <laughs> diving board to a pool. 
or there is joy in coming yes. into flesh knowing that there is yes. going to be a really horrible ending yeah. or like middle ending to the and story. And even then, he said, for the joy set before him, he endured, he endured the, cross. the cross, scorning its shame. Like for the joy and his eyes were set on us. That was his joy. Like his joy was us, that he was going to uh. endure it all so that we might experience the joy of God and, and the presence of the spirit of the King of Kings. I don't know about you, my personal wonder is being ignited a lot in this yes. conversation. So I hope all you <laughs> listeners too. Um, oh, we're going to do a quick fun. prayer as we wrap up yeah. this episode. Um, and so like yesterday, we're going to do a little short listening prayer. And um, just bless you as you go amongst your day. So Lord, thank you so much for our time together today. Lord, thank you for just how you have equipped Emily to be one that can just speak wisdom um, and word pictures and articulate so clearly because we can learn so much from her about your character and your pursuit of us and this idea of joy. God, thank you you gave us joy to be a gift to our souls, a weapon against the enemy, and that you came down, diving from heaven to be with us as a person of joy. And so Lord, quickly, as we wrap up our time today, Will you bring to mind a memory that we felt the most joyful? I think times, at times in our lives, we can get bombarded by these feelings that are either of the enemy, like discouragement, doubt, disappointment. But God, we want to right now invigorate and remind ourselves that there is so much joy to tap into. So will you bring to mind right now a memory of the most joyful time for our, our listeners and their lives? when that first thought comes into your mind, just go with it. And instead of thinking back to that moment, go actually back into that space. Who was there? What did it feel like? What emotions were you experiencing? What was happening in the space? And then just sit there. And experience your body now in this current moment. What's happening? How are you feeling? not often, God, that we get to slow down and feel. Lord, right now we take the moment to recognize that this feeling we have, thinking back to a time of joy, is because of you. As we sit there in that memory, in that moment, we picture you being with us, experiencing all of it side by side. Whether you're in a nature scene or with friends and family, or I don't know where else, Lord, I might bring you back to a, a time of joy. But he is with you in all of that. So even right now, Lord, will you just bring to mind, where are you in that space? So Lord, thank you so much for being in that midst. God, thank you that you are a person of joy. And I pray that as we wrap up our time, that this feeling of your presence can be carried with us throughout our entire days. Let us see you all around us. Let us tap into that awareness of your peace and your presence. Bless our days. Amen. Amen.
Whoa, there's a lot in that episode. I'm still pretty hooked on the idea of anger and sadness being God emotions and discomfort being an enemy emotion. That truth just hit me so core to where I am right now in my own life. As for listening prayer, thank you guys for going through that with us. If listening prayer is a new experience for you, we just want to encourage you that there's no failure or success in this. It purely is a chance to create a space to experience God in a different way. So if you heard silence, that is completely okay. Maybe right now in your life, silence and stillness is just the thing that you need. Thanks again for being with us today. We had so much fun talking about joy Joy is a weapon, a way to fight against enemies' attack. Joy is a gift, the fact that we get to have joy at all times because of God's presence and nearness to us. And the idea that joy is a person, that when we get to experience joy, we get to actually stop and slow down and recognize that the person of Jesus is in our midst. And he is the reason why we get to be joyful. Again, we want to invite you guys to our Legacy Conference. This will be our seventh conference since starting Live Salted back in 2016. We're heading to Seattle, Washington, February 5th and Orange, California, March 19th. And for all you podcast listeners, we have a discount code for you. Use Seasoned10 for $10 off your ticket. We just can't wait to be together again. Someone on the team the other day said it's like a homecoming. It's been two years too long of not being able to gather in person, and it's time to be together again to worship and be taught new concepts and new ideas and make new friends and just tuck away and invest in your faith. Someone told me this early on in college and they said investing in your faith will be the best thing you ever do with your time and your money. And I can tell you a few years out of college now that I am so thankful I heard that advice when I did. Because when my faith is strong and healthy, my lifestyle, my way of thinking, my way of being, my being a good friend is so much better than it is without Jesus. So hope to see you guys there. And we'll see you tomorrow for episode three of Reigniting Wonder.